When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you, friends. Please have a seat. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks... I don't know about you, but uh, to me, for the, the last, what, five years, it feels like America's been trapped in an absurdist play. And, and not one of the good ones. Um, which is none of them. No single headline has captured the national zeitgeist of existential dread combined with ridiculous stupulosity-ness. <laughs> Better than this one, Rudy Giuliani has been revealed as a contestant on The Masked Singer. <laughs> That's right. The criminal goon that we know for a fact is being investigated for trying to overthrow our democracy for his idiot emperor was yucking it up on a reality show. There hasn't been anything this shocking since Lee Harvey Oswald made a guest appearance on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Little buddy. Now, if you're not familiar with the mass singer, congratulations. <laughs> but let me catch up. Here's how she works. Uh, a bunch of what they call celebrities uh, in costumes sing for a panel of judges, and each week the losing singer gets unmasked. We've now learned that Rudy was unmasked during last week's taping of the first episode of season seven. The truly Shocking revelation. I can't believe the mass singer has had seven seasons. <laughs> when did that happen? And how did that happen? How, God? How? Rudy's episode has not aired yet, so we don't know much beyond that. Fox isn't revealing what his swan song was or which animal costume Rudy wore, though it was safe to assume he was a jackass. A lot of people are upset. A lot, lot of people are mad about this, naturally. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are upset, but keep in mind, it may not be the producer's fault. It's possible that Rudy just wandered onto the Fox lot and passed out in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Start spreading the news. That's what he just says. He just says he sings that when he wakes up. Now, here's the thing. I'm in TV. We're all in TV. We know how this works. I'm sure Fox is going to get huge ratings for this. But reportedly, the Rudy reveal did not go over so well in the room. When he took off his mask, judges Ken Jong and Robin Thicke quickly left the stage in protest. Yes. Yes. They left in protest, John. They wanted to get out. Or, or they left in terror. I mean, one of the most, <laughs> one of the most chilling phrases in the English language is "surprise." It's Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Just ask the crew of Borat. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to see him whip out his head. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh my gosh. 
Thank you. Nothing? Nothing? Yeah, okay. you give it. Okay, let's lighten things up a little bit. In plague news, COVID cases are falling across the country and vaccines are holding up. In fact, according to new CDC data, boosted Americans are 97 times less likely to die of COVID than the unvaccinated. Yeah. The boost. The boosted. Agreed. And somehow, and somehow, my friend, uh -huh. somehow that's still not enough to convince some folks to get their shots. Imagine hearing you're 97 times more likely to survive bungee jumping if you use a rope <laughs> instead of just tying off your junk. And going, hell no, staple my ding dong to the bridge. I got natural immunity from gravity. And soon, getting immunized might even be easier because scientists are developing nasal vaccines. The medicine goes right up your nose. Turns out, Don Jr. was just trying to fight COVID this whole time. Hey, oh you wanna... Oh, you wanna join me in the bathroom for a quick bump of immunity? <sighs> oh, okay, okay. Can't feel my eyeballs. Okay. The nasal vaccine may be even more effective, and getting it looks so dignified. <laughs> Afterwards, they just jam a lollipop right up there. There, little girl, hope you like butterscotch. Oh, my. In other COVID news, uh, we've learned that last year, a team of scientists searching for the coronavirus in New York City's wastewater spotted something strange in their samples. Can I guess? Mob fingers, Times Square Elmo teeth, all the rock hats that didn't make the cut. No. Well, turns out what they actually found was a unique constellation of COVID mutations that had never been reported before in human patients the scientists are calling cryptic lineages. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've heard that cryptic lineages in the New York water is what makes the bagel so good. <laughs> you, can't get, you can't get that. Any other state? There's, uh, there's been a lot of COVID misinformation out there lately, and they're starting to be some karmic retribution for the people spreading it. Take Facebook. Today, on Wall Street, your mom's friend's online hangout lost 26% of its value, or $230 billion, which is the biggest one-day market value drop ever for a U.S. company. Why the drop? Well, financial analysts say it's because you didn't click on the photo of your cousin's babysitter's wedding. <laughs> they had a donut wall and a glazing station, but that wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> it was an especially rough day for Facebook CEO and robot failing to execute the smile protocol. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook's stock freefall caused Zuckerberg's wealth to plunge by $31 billion. How was your day, honey? Well, a couple of hiccups. I lost my umbrella, my shoelace broke, and I personally lost the GDP of Latvia. <laughs> More gold shavings in your Chablis. <laughs> Social media has been a hotbed of anti-science conspiracy theories, and America is not the only country loaded with anti-vax holes. Right now... <laughs> Canada... 
Right now, Canada's capital, Ottawa, is being besieged by a group of anti-do-anything-about-COVID truckers called the Freedom Convoy. Forget Spotify. Canadian truckers are spreading COVID misinformation on CB radio. Uh, breaker, breaker, one, nine, what's your 20? I'm eight miles outside the chicken coop looking for some go-go juice. But Bill Gates already knows that. Back it down. Smokey's on the flip-flop with his ears on and balls large. Come on back, teddy bear. <laughs> I got some seat covers going by a bubblegum machine. You got your smoke detector on? (laughs) Protesters have a lot in common with their neighbors to the south, the deep south, because for some reason that no one will ever be able to explain, many of them are holding Confederate flags. I didn't know you could secede from a country you weren't a part of. (laughs) Though who could forget Canada's great Civil War hero, Stonewall Beaver? These flags of hatred aren't the only ugly part of this protest. Canadian authorities say urine stains were seen on snow covering the National War Memorial, and demonstrators were also seen dancing on the tomb of the unknown soldier. That is reprehensible. Those people should be rounded up and put on the mass singer. Because <laughs> this, this is a national embarrassment. <laughs> national embarrassment. On the I just want to say to Canada, thank you. I'm so glad we're not the only ones anymore. In fact, Us Weekly just featured the two countries in Who Disgraced It Best? And is this... I'm being told it's still us. Because according to officials, there is a significant element from the U.S. involved in the self-described freedom convoy in Canada. Oh. Well, on behalf of all Americans, Canada, let me just say... Sorry. Here in the States. Here in the States. Here in the States. Back here in the States, in addition to anger about COVID, there's also anger about shortages. Like this weekend outside Philadelphia, when a massive brawl broke out at a Golden Corral buffet with a mob of patrons hurling punches and chairs. Now, if you don't know uh, Golden Corral, it's where you take your date when they're not worth quite spending sizzler money. So, why would this normally peaceful meat trough become a place for a violent beef? A lack of beef. Officers are still looking into what caused the argument. From what I heard, it was over steak. Um, Apparently somebody cut in line. His friend heard the same details. There was a shortage of steak. I am loving this new season of Mayor of Easttown. Let's check out, let's all, let's check out some footage from the fight. And I am being assured that this is somehow different from a normal night at Golden Corral. (laughs) Did you? Did you see that baby chair fly? Look at this. That guy's chucking it. Don't worry, the child... The child landed safely in a tray of nanner pudding. We got a great show for you tonight. Up next, first drafts of Valentine's Day cards with Evie. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, my friend. Awesome. I hold in my hot little hand right here uh, the cards to be talking to our guest tonight, the lovely, the talented, the one, the only Dua Lipa is going to be out here in yes, just indeed. a moment. Yes, indeed. That's going to be great. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Valentine's Day is in a week and a half, and a big Valentine's Day tradition is, of course, the Valentine's Day card. There are lots of great ones out there, but, of course, they don't always get it right on the first try. So tonight, we'll take a look at some of the early attempts in our segment, First Drafts. No! No, stupid! As always, for First Drafts, I need a little help. My wife, Evie McGee. There you go. Man, you look fantastic. These are like all my best friends. I <laughs> um, well, darling, happy Valentine's Day. Same. Here's, to you. here's uh, chocolate. Thank here's you. Here's chocolate. Is it actually chocolate? It's actually yes. chocolate. It's not a prop. Actually, chocolate. That is for later. Now, um, you, darling, thank you so much for doing this. It's so nice of you to have me back. Oh, it's a pleasure. You, you don't mind doing this? No, I like it. It's oh, that's fun. nice. Okay, good. Well. We started doing this. We started this because during during COVID there was no one else who could do it, and it turned I out. I still think there's no one else who could do it. <laughs> That's true, but it turned out to be a lot of fun. It turned out to be a fun. So here here you go. You know how this works. I'll explain it to the people I out do. here. Yeah. Uh, in first drafts, first I we will show the audience. You will give me one of the cards. I will show the audience a Valentine that is sold in stores, and then I will show them the not so good first draft that they could not sell. Right. Clear. Okay. Good. Here we go. This one. Okay. Thank you very much. Boom. All right. This one, this first one's got an international feel. <laughs> it says, Amor, Amour, Amore. <laughs> no matter the language, I love you. Oh, Very sweet. Bueno. There you go. Uh-oh. That's very nice. But the first draft said, Amor, Amour, Amore. It's pronounced armoire, Rick. Maybe Duolingo <laughs> just isn't your thing. Do you... I like this. I like I like the I like the fact that the shoulders are bare right here. That's very racy. I That's know, very racy. I know. In some countries you can't show your shoulders like that. That's very nice. What would you what would you like to do for Valentine's Day? We don't have plans yet. Are we Thank gonna watch the Super Bowl? It's Super Bowl. So no, it's not. It's but it's Monday, right? It's Valentine's Monday. Day is on a Monday. So no, we're not gonna watch the Super Bowl on Monday. <laughs> well we could. We could record it. <laughs> and just all day say Nobody tell me. Nobody well, tell why me. Why don't I come back next week? We'll go, go to dinner. We're not on next week. There are no shows next week, but you feel free to come back. No, well, Valentine's Day you're on. What? You've, you're on on Valentine's Day. Okay. I'll you come say back. so. Yeah. Is she right? Are we on Valentine's yes, Day? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Let's not fight in front of the kids. <laughs> Who keeps the calendar? You do. And all the money, by the way. 
I have no idea. You could just grab the checkbook and run. And I can't even afford shoulders. That's right. <laughs> hobo, your hobo, my hobo wife <laughs> will stitch some bandana on there. Here's one that has a cute bagel theme. It says, you're my everything, we're bagels. That's nice, that's nice. But the first draft said, you're my everything, but I need some sesame time. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. What are you doing? Do you I will to... ask for it. I will ask for the oh. card. Don't rush me here. <laughs> rush me here. Wow, somebody's getting bossy. Um, uh, can I have the card, please? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> you have to ask nicely. What? May I please? I said may I have the card, please? Here's a sweet one. <laughs> this relationship is on the right track, and I choo-choo choose you! <laughs> that is really nice. That is really nice. But the first draft said, this relationship is on the right track. I'm into caboose play. <laughs> Do you need me to explain that one to you? Do you need me to... You don't need... Okay, No, we're thanks. not talking about that. Okay, well, may I please nice. have the first card? <laughs> I know work my way back into your good graces by the time the segment's over. Here's one that says, you're cute as a button. Thanks for holding me together. Aww, Isn't that nice? That's that sweet. does imply that the center of this card has had some sort of nervous breakdown, though. No, we all need to be held together. That's I think exactly we all right. had nervous breakdowns. The first draft said, you're as cute as a button, but all my pants are drawstring now. I have given up. Good year. I actually think that's pretty cute, too. That is cute, too. You, do you want it? What? <laughs> I do want it. I do want it. <laughs> okay. Here's one that says, My heart is yours. You are my everything. Happy Valentine's Day. Very sweet. But the first draft said, my heart is yours, so technically, it's our cholesterol problem. <laughs> you know the, one of the meanest things you've ever done to me? Oh, God. Did it have to do with cholesterol? It, does, it did have to do with cholesterol. I have high cholesterol, and the first prescription I ever got from being, like, a mid-50s man, I got Lipitor. Oh, 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 I know what I did. For my birthday. I know what I did. For my 57th birthday, what'd you get me? A pill box. <laughs> That is uh, humiliating. Humiliating. And she watched me open it like she watched me open it like this. <laughs> this is the last one. Maybe but the last one ever. You what? threw it away. No, it's in there. It's no, somewhere in there. Did I? Yes. Give me the card. You know they make them now with AM. I think my mom's got one with AM, middle of the day, PM. Like there's a there are elaborate pillboxes. I look forward to it. Yes. I know what I'm getting you for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Here's one for any dog lovers out there. It says, life can be rough, but I'm doggone lucky to have you. Aw, sweet. That is true. That is true, darling. That's Benny. Yep. The first draft said, life can be rough, which is why when I'm stressed, I pee in your closet. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Coming up, Dua Lipa. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Y'all know my guest tonight as a three-time Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter with hits like Don't Start Now, Physical, and Levitating. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Dua Lipa. It is, it is nice to have you back. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Thank you so much for having me in full house. My Isn't goodness. that nice? This Isn't is amazing. Nice? <laughs> now, we, we, the last time you were on here was before COVID. Yes. Not, not that long before, but you had an extraordinary last couple of years. While crazy things were happening in the world, Crazy success was happening for you. Rolling Stone called you the breakout pop star of the pandemic because I want to point out this here, your album, Future Nostalgia. Now, the world. The world basically shut down on March 12th of 2020. And this album dropped on March 27th, 2020. And then you won a Grammy for it in 2021. What was it like? That's a long wind-up, long wind-up yes. to a simple question. What was it like to have this explosive success and not being able to go out into the world and, and enjoy it or engage? You had to kind of like see it from a distance. Well, I think to begin with, um, the whole idea of putting the album out, I think, like most people, I thought, oh, the pandemic, two weeks. Sure. You know, it'll be fine. Two sure. years later, we're still here. Mm -hmm. But... Um, I had worked on this album for so long, and I had just kind of been holding it for a while. I was very passionate about it. I was very proud of it as well. It was a body of work where I finally felt like I'd found my confidence and who I was really as an artist and a songwriter. And so when everything shut down, I think there was a big part of me that just didn't want to believe it. And I also felt like with so much uncertainty and everything going on, I was like, you know what, maybe now is the time to release this album. And I'm really happy that I did because I feel like, you know, it, it, and I have this whole philosophy that up until the point that this music gets released, mm -hmm. it belongs to me. Once it's out, it no longer is mine. Mm -hmm. And so when I see it like that and the music is out there and I, I have it in the hopes that these songs find a home with other people, that I felt like this was like the perfect time to to release it. And so people's reaction having having been the way that, that it was was just mind blowing. It was it was beyond anything that I could have ever hoped for and, and maybe that was actually the fate that the album was meant to have. Well, people were glad that you did because Levitating was the most streamed song of twenty twenty one in the United States. And I'm just curious, is that I know you I know you I know you're a brilliant performer, but you also wrote that song. You're a songwriter at the same time. Yeah. Do you know, like, when you release this album, you're like, it's going to be levitating. Like, like, 
there, there are a bunch of bangers on there, but that's the one that, <laughs> that one was an extraordinary success. Do you know that it's gonna be that one? Uh, definitely not. I mean, I, I can never preempt, like, what song is the one that people are gonna react with the best, but... Um, Levitating was the first song that helped dictate the rest of the album. It was the one song where I was like, okay, I feel like this is exactly what future nostalgia is. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good, like, idea after writing Levitating of exactly what the rest of the album was going to sound like. And I think I had such an, such a powerful feeling being in the studio after writing Levitating with my friends Sarah, Coffee, and Coz. And I think we all felt so energized and so excited afterwards, so it was very special. You were supposed to go on a world tour shortly after the album yes. dropped, right? How, mm. When were you supposed to go on the tour? I was meant to go on tour of April 2020. And you probably assumed, oh, it's going to happen. Mm. We'll take a little break here. It'll be well, nice. Well, we postponed a little rest. it for a little bit. A little bit. And okay, then a so little bit more. Those are, so it's two <laughs> years later. You're about to launch the world tour right now. Yeah. 23 countries, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Wh so much planning goes into a world tour. Mm -hmm. It's like an invasion. What, <laughs> how is it gonna be different now, you know, in 2022 than what you planned in 2020? How, how is the, the, the time difference, the COVID having happened, what's that gonna change the tour for you? Well, it's actually massively different. Um, initially, when I was meant to go on tour, it was only meant to be a month after the album was out. Mm -hmm. So I guess it just kind of, I'm hoping that all the fans would just really quickly learn all the lyrics and come and watch me. Um, but this time, I've done a lot of audience research, and so I feel like I know what songs people like. And the Future Nostalgia Tour really is the Future Nostalgia Tour because it's, it's predominantly songs from that album, whereas I think before it would have been bits here and there and lots from my first album, and now it's like the perfect combination, the very best of. We have to take a break, uh, but stick around. When we come back, I will ask Dua Lipa about her collaboration with Sir Elton John. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though. Because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives, is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and Fail Better Together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. You did something uh, that I'm fairly jealous of. You actually released a song with none other than Sir Elton John. And I'm curious... <laughs> he is... One of the greatest. How did this come about? I heard this was his idea. <laughs> yes, it was, it, was, um, it was Elton's idea, and I still, every time I say it, I think it's the craziest thing in the world because I can't believe I have a song. Here's the song. It's called Cold Heart. Yes. There you go. And, um, well, it was, it was kind of funny, actually. Now, Elton and I, we've done a couple things together. I also performed um, 
with him for his uh, AIDS Foundation for the Oscars uh, opening. And um, afterwards we had dinner in LA and then literally a couple of days later, I was, I've, I've started writing for my new album. And um, I was uh, hanging out by the pool before going to do some writing and all of a sudden my phone rings and it's a FaceTime from Elton and his husband, David. As casual. You do, as you do. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not that casual. I don't think it's casual. I was in my bikini and a cowboy hat. It just didn't, it wasn't really quite, yeah. um, but it was, it, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. It was perfect. And uh, they were just like, you know, we have this idea. We'd love to have you on this song. And, you know, and, and immediately I was like, are you joking? I was like, of course, you know, I'd love to do it. No, 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 you listen to it first. And you then decide, I was like, you know my answer. No, no, you go listen to it. We're going to send it to you. And then afterwards, um, you let us know if you want to do the song. And I, knowing already what I was going to say, I'm like, absolutely. So I heard the song, and it was a remix that Pnow Pnow did um, of Rocket Man and Sacrifice. And immediately, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And it's, it's kind of crazy, because I feel like I manifested this in a way. Cause, you uh, drew him into your life uh, with uh, your by reading The Secret? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I, uh, it, it, Rocket Man is my driving song, it's my shower song, it's my song that I sing along to myself. Really? Just, but yes. You can relate to it? Yes. I, well, you know, I, I like to sing along to it, stop. I can, I, <laughs> I, um, I like to sing along to it, I think. I, I love too. the song. I do too, yeah. And so, when I got asked to sing that part, I was like, okay, this is, the, it was just meant to be, so. Elton, I'm available too. I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I also know the lyrics to Rocket Man. <laughs> we have to take a quick break, uh, but we're right back with more Dua Leap, everybody. Stick around. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. You just launched something that I, you, you got to explain to me here. It is called Service 95, which you call a global concierge service. Can you explain what that means? Can you, like, get me restaurant reservations and tickets to Hamilton? <laughs> what is a global concierge service when, when you are providing it? Okay, so... I'll give you a little bit of a backstory, and then I'll tell you I hope exactly you will. what it is. I hope you will. All right, fine. So, since I was really young, I've been, like... I'm really organized and a little bit crazy in that, in yeah. that sense. And... Um, I've loved to keep lists, and I write down lists about everything, whether it's restaurant recommendations, movies I watch, books I like to read, places I like to go to, articles that I've read, anything. anything. It can literally be anything, places to work out, hotels to stay in, no matter where I am in the world. And that kind of... I kept adding to it more when I was touring. I kept adding to it constantly of places that I saw online. I kept adding to it when talking to my friends. And my friends, no matter where they are in the world, they can just send me a text message and be like, okay, I'm here, what can I do? Where's the best shopping? And I just like, I take it very seriously and I go, okay, this is what you can do. This is, you know. Sure. And um, that was kind of the idea initially behind it of like, okay, I want to share all my lists, my recommendations, thoughts, all into one 
newsletter. And then the idea grew more and more where I also thought, you know, we can have lots of different thoughts, perspectives, stories, articles that are really interesting in a way that maybe you wouldn't find as easily. I also wanted to make activism um, accessible to people who wanted to get involved. I think there's a lot of noise going on online and sometimes it's hard to kind of filter through exactly what you want to, you know, read about or learn about and I want to help give people the tools to be able to learn things in maybe a different way. Well, and in that regard, you also have an upcoming podcast called yes. At Your Service. It hasn't been released yet, but um, are you going to be interviewing people? I'm going to be interviewing people. I know yeah. you, you subbed in for my friend Jimmy Kimmel over on ABC. <laughs> yeah. You can sit in here anytime you okay, want, by thank the way. You. I'm exhausted. Thank you, thank you. But do you. Do you like being interviewed or interviewing? Because some people really don't like being where you are and they like the sense of control where I am. Um, <laughs> I being one of those people. I, uh, I, I like, I really, I'm really enjoying interviewing people. I really am. And I really love like the research element to it and learning about people. Is there, and... is there anything you'd like to ask me? Putting me on the spot. Um, well, you're the guest. You get to do what you want. Okay. If you'd rather interview, you may interview me. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Let me have a thing. <laughs> Just one second. Keep I, in I, mind, I, it's, it's, it's CBS. Okay. I want nothing. There are limits. There are limits. Okay. All right. Um. Okay. All right. Pop star back that way. Okay. Podcaster. Right. Right. Very serious stuff. So. Um, I love your show, by the way. Amazing audience. Thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Yes, thank give them a round of applause. I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. It's such. I was so nervous backstage. I'm such a fan that. of yours. I'm thank actually you so really much. nervous. Oh my god, to, it's such to an honor to be here with you. So thank you yeah, so much please. for being here tonight. Oh god, I really yeah. appreciate it. A little nervous. Um, so I think something that your uh, viewers really connect with in mm. your comedy and your hosting skills. Yes especially in the like, past few years, is how open and honest and authentic you are about the role your faith plays in your life. Oh, that's interesting. And I was wondering, is there any, you know, does your faith and your comedy ever overlap? <laughs> and does one ever win out? I think ultimately, us all being mortal, the faith will win out at the end. <laughs> but I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has a sense of humor. But I will say this, I will say this. Uh, someone was asking me earlier about what I, and this, is, this relates to faith, because my faith is involved with, I'm, I'm a Christian and a Catholic, and that's always connected to the idea of um, love and sacrifice being somehow related and giving yourself to other people and that death is not defeat, if you, if you can see where I'm getting at there. Someone was asking me earlier, what movie did I really enjoy this year? And I said, well, I really like Belfast, which is Kenneth Branagh's story of his childhood. And one of the reasons I love it is that I'm Irish and uh, Irish-American, and it's such an Irish movie, um, and I think this is also a Catholic thing, because it's, it's funny and it's sad, and it's funny about being sad. In the same way, that sadness is like a little bit of an emotional death, but not a defeat if you can find a way to laugh about it. Because that laughter keeps you from having fear of it. 
and fear is the thing that keeps you from turning to evil devices to save you from the sadness. As Robert Hayden said, we must not be frightened or cajoled into accepting evil as our deliverance from evil. We must keep struggling to maintain our humanity, though monsters of abstraction threaten and police us. So if there's some relationship between my faith and my comedy, it's that no matter what happens, you are never defeated. You must understand and see this in the light of eternity and find some way to love and laugh with each other. Wow. Stephen Colbert, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Late Show Poncho listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.